DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Welcome to DJ Simulation News to Sup. You're here with Janice Pelaganis and... And Dan Raymer. Sup, Janice. Sup, Dan. So we're all getting ready for IMSH, the International Meeting for Simulation Healthcare, which is coming up in a couple weeks. A couple yeah. weeks. We're all getting ready for our workshops. And Maria Rudolph is leading a workshop on Reflection on Reflection, which is a great workshop. I'm really excited about it. It connects to our feedback workshop that we're also going to be giving. Part of our homework and preparation for getting ready for this workshop was to write a process note. And so we were supposed to pick an event on anything that happened and try to detail exactly what happened from our perspective, what we could remember. You know, my hand started cramping up (laughs) because I was really excited about what I was writing. And uh, and I thought, you know, I have video of this. (laughs) Like, Uh (laughs) we video recorded this. And, you know, I just want to look at the video and do it that way. And I just thought, you know, should we use video, you know, versus writing and reflection? Is video the best way of reflecting and giving feedback? And so what are your thoughts? You know, I certainly used video for many years now in debriefing and have talked about it in our instructor courses. And, you know, I've been sort of sure of myself about the about how I feel about video, but I'm beginning, as many things in my old age, to become more cynical and skeptical because I I, I wonder uh, about the value of the video in the ways I think it's valuable. What do you mean by that? You know, in a video, you can see lots of physical things, Mm -hmm. and you're forced to make all kinds of inferences about what's behind people's choices and their expressions and what's going on in their mind at a given point. You know, as I've also learned as I've grown older, that I'm often pretty wrong about those things. (laughs) And, And so I just... I just wonder when we use video, do we dig deeply enough into people's true frames? Uh Uh-huh. So I think the skill of, uh, of watching a video and really honing in on what the totality of of what drove people to take the actions they took is done adequately. I, 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 I just think back to the many, many times I've used video and I wonder if I've really, you know, dug deeply enough to help anyone. So Dan, that really reminds me of Al Motivali's and Deb Nistel's, um article on hindsight bias and how they talk about when you're watching the video, you've got all this hindsight bi- bias that goes into the discussion. 
Absolutely. You, you, you've, uh, you've chosen a point where they've made a decision that you probably don't agree with. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so you put a whole lot of energy into trying to figure out why they screwed up. Well, so this interests me because I felt like, you know, doing this exercise was really interesting. So let me just tell you what it was. I picked our gift exchange for my very huge families is like 50, 60 people in a room. And all of these little comments were flying around the room that that had, uh, you know, interpersonal conflict and and <laughs> like underlying drama in the family. Like, I mean, I you could I could pick apart just even two minutes of that entire um, event. And the great thing was Alex, my husband, was had video of it. And so as I'm writing down the events that happen, I then go back, I do a second pass, and now I'm reflecting on what happened and like, you know, why did she do this? Oh, this is so interesting. This comment must have come from the, you know, so I'm like reflecting on it. And then I was like, you know, I got to watch the video. So I'm watching it with Alex and it's completely chaotic, confusing and I'm realizing, oh, wow, I didn't even know this person did this. I didn't even see this happen. And I'm reflecting. I realize I'm reflecting as I'm watching, and he's making comments too. I'm reflecting on what I had already written down. So I already had a lens to be Uh looking at it, yet maybe watching videos is, you know, one of the things with reflection is we don't. A, stop to think to reflect. We don't, we don't even stop to reflect. And B, we don't do it sometimes because we feel like we don't have the time or we don't make the time. And so maybe video is a faster way of getting there. But I don't know. I haven't. This is completely anecdotal experiment. I haven't done it the reverse. So I think that's really, really interesting because when you're interacting with a person, when we're sitting here talking to each other right now, mm-hmm. there's a thousand more signals being transmitted than we're able to absorb. So as human beings, we filter and get an impression. When you watch the video, if if we had a video of our conversation right now and we went back and analyzed it, we would see another set of signals. Right. And come to a different filtered conclusion than we did the first time. Right. And so the question always is, which one is the valid one? They're all true in the sense that um, when people communicate, the receiver of that communication, when they interact, really, when the receiver of that interaction uh, does a whole lot of filtering, which is impossible to recreate in order <laughs> to come up with an impression. Uh-huh. A- and then when we try to analyze that in video, we're kind of missing all of that internal filtering that goes on that happened the first time. That oh happened my, in so real time. This is getting like a hundred times more interesting than I thought we were going. Because yeah. <laughs> I, you know, while you're thinking about validity, I was thinking about importance, like the value of of the topics that you're bringing up. Because if you don't use the video, right, you're what you recall from an event is probably the thing that you should be discussing because it's the thing that bothered you the most. 
And and when you're watching a video, now you're bringing up these second layers of things that like are not as important from the first pass. So, you know, the first pass to me is a more raw experience. Yeah. P- potentially. So I'll give you a, a simulation example. As you know, I've been doing these surgical simulations, and the first case that we do always involves some major crisis like blood loss. My agenda is to talk about the communication that goes on within the team. And invariably, what I see is the anesthesiologist and the surgeon having a conversation about the blood loss and the extent of it and the possibilities. And I always see the nurse overhearing this conversation and taking a a, a host of actions. And I always try to play that section of the video And I say, you know, what strikes me in this video is nobody's talking to the nurse. And I'm really concerned that the nurse is not receiving direct information about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And what almost always happens is that the nurse is highly, acts highly insulted and and is very defensive and wait wait, claims, wait wait time out so insulted because you're pointing it out or insulted because they were ignoring um because i pointed it out it's the exact <laughs> opposite of what my intention is what i'm trying to manipulate if you will yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, sure, that they sure. are always like i heard every word that was going on i knew exactly what was going on i was taking all of the actions that were appropriate for the situation they were not ignoring me they were not and and the physicians in the scene they take my bait and they all go yeah you're right we didn't ever talk to the nurse and I never realized how busy the nurse was. Wow. But, but the nurse's impression and reaction to the event in real time and the event uh-huh. in, in video is so very different than mine because they apply wow. their filter to the situation and I'm applying my filter to the situation. And I'm not sure if... I'm being helpful to them. Dan, research this, please, because I really believe that it's, there's a lot of, you know, identity in this discussion, professional identity wow, yeah. going on. <laughs> and, and it's so beyond watching the video, but you're definitely triggering something. Right. And if we could study right. it, having, having, you know, the evidence and the, the findings from a study would be so wonderful to that type of discussion, like basically making something undiscussable, discussable. I suppose. I just, I just really wonder if I'm accomplishing anything by, by playing, the video. playing the video and, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm tearing the covering off of a wound <laughs> or maybe I'm way off base and that this is really not an important issue. And I just, I just can't tell because everybody's filter in real time and filter on the video seems so very far apart. So the other thing that you're triggering for me about watching the video is Chris Argerus's Ladder of Inference. And what that concept says is that, you know, with every event, there's tons of data. And like you said, we have to filter it to be able to function. 
And, you know, you can't possibly absorb everything that happens in an event. And so we end up selecting data, naming the data, making assumptions on that data, and then we start taking actions. But yet the assumptions that we make tell us what data to select. And so when you are the debriefer and you're playing videos, you're probably selecting things that are up your ladder. Yes. So in your case, you thought this was really bad. And so you're like selecting all the evidence in the videos and just playing those little tidbit parts that are supporting what your assumptions are and what's the detriment of that to the team. Right. (laughs) No question. (laughs) (laughs) But what else am I to do? Because... My sense is if I didn't play the video, everybody'd say, like they always do, oh, we're such a great team. We we don't need to improve. Right, right, right. And I guess I'm not. We don't talk to each other. We're so good. Look, we function with reading each other's We communicate without communicating. (laughs) (laughs) We're We're both victims and experts with our powers of inference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and the thing is, though, you know, we're hired to do that. We're hired for our judgment. And so we, we know, as long as we know we're up this ladder, we select and prioritize what to talk about because of our quote unquote expertise. But when you're having that conversation and, and they're like, no, 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 wrong ladder, you're up a, a really false ladder, then, then you just have to know you're, you're not where they are. And and I I think that's you know you've you've stated it that that you know being honest about it that it is your inference and that you owning mm-hmm. that is really important. So it looked to me like nobody was talking to the nurse and I was worried that the nurse wasn't you know, on the same page or receiving the same data that everyone else was. That's my inference, but you were there. What's your impression? That, that I think, is the fair way to present it. And if some of your inference is actually true, they'll get to that. They'll see that. They'll talk about that. If you're off base, they'll tell you. And you just have to know when to back off and just kind of shrug your shoulders and say, okay. You've kind of made your point, and if it's not so, then so be it. Thanks, Dan. This is really helpful for me. It really was. All right. <laughs> All right Bye. See Bye. DJ Simulationistas, sup? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.